0: Homeless fans, you can never be too careful, especially these days and with young kids at home. Don't take any chances and secure your home with Eufy Smart Lock, an easy install all-in-one security device for your front door and that peace of mind we're all looking for. I myself am a Eufy user, and I can tell you firsthand, go ahead and ditch those house keys forever, grab a Phillips head screwdriver because that's all you'll need, and give Eufy Smart Lock a try today. No monthly fee, and Eufy customer service is waiting on standby 247 to help you with any and all home security needs. So what are you waiting for? Head to Vault Hemingway or the Pavilion or Swayze Field to cheer on your Ole Miss Rebels with the reassurance your home is in good hands with Eufy Smart Lock. Eufy Video Lock makes it easy to keep an eye on things back home. Its built-in camera can tell you who's at the front door from the comfort of your stadium seat. Search Eufy Video Lock, that's E-U-F-Y Video Lock, or visit eufyofficial.com, eufyofficial.com slash video lock, to see how you can gain complete control of your door. That's Eufy Smart Lock and Eufy Video Lock, a proud sponsor of the Talk of Champions Podcast Network. You're tuned in to
1: Grip It and Rip It, sponsored by LB's Meat Market. We're going to get started here in a second,
0: but first, let's hear from LB's. grip it and rip it with brian scott rippy is brought to you by lb's meat market lb's the preeminent butcher shop in oxford mississippi the place to go for any and all of your meat needs just right now they've got the lane train special a six ounce bacon wrapped filet for ten dollars they got fresh seafood grill packs and a lot of different types of sausages put simply if your grill is in need of meat the only place to go in oxford mississippi is lb's meat market Give them a call today at 662-259-2999. That's 662-259-2999. Stop by and see them at 2008 University Avenue. That's just across the street from Kroger. It's LB's Meat Market, your butcher shop in Oxford, Mississippi.
1: What's up? Happy Friday. I am Brian Scott Rippy. This is another edition of Fresh Cuts. You know the man on the other line, Greg, the meat shark, back with you. Again, got a heavy NFL slate to get to. A lot light college slate as the SEC is ravaged by COVID. We'll get to all that. Hope everyone's having a safe and happy Friday. Maybe you're listening to this on Saturday. I don't know. Hope you're enjoying yourself. Perhaps you have a cold unit in hand. I would. What's up, man? I do have a cold unit in my, in my hand. Thank you for asking. Uh, there you go. There you go. Maybe, but hopefully the listeners have something in common with you this week then.
2: Well, i tell you what, you know, this, this is uh, what it's all about, you know, betting some games and enjoying, enjoying the good life, you know? Uh, so, yeah, uh, we're ready for another weekend. You know, the uh, South Carolina Gamecocks coming off a terrible loss against uh, Texas A&M last weekend. So I think uh, the Rebs are primed for a victory. So who knows, man, but we're going to go through these games and look, try to make some money.
1: For sure, dude. So that's perfect segue. We'll get right into last week uh, before we head into the board this week. So you remember last week was probably the most dangerous week we've ever had on the show because you and I picked 17 games and had 16 of the same. We we faded each other one time. And for the most part, I would say it was for a good reason. We were both kind of were seeing the seeing the old board real clearly. And the results, while the total was a little mixed, we were both three and two on our locks. So that puts us at 10 and 9 on our locks since the infamous restart down in Biloxi. And you went 9 and 8 because you faded me on Miami, Arizona. I went with Arizona and went 8 and 9 for the week. We went 3 and 1 in the SEC, 3 and 2 at the locks. I was a game under 500 overall. You were a game over.
2: All in all, not so bad, huh? Yeah, I mean, you know, can't complain about it. I mean, you know, uh, we'll pay some juice and uh, survive for the next week. But. We do need to get that sponsorship going on with the uh, the golf trip down there, uh, so we can get some um, more sponsorship on the podcast.
1: Yeah, I mean, we might have to go through
2: it. It's a segment, you know. It's like, hey, you know, we started out good. We went to and by the way, if you, you know, we we need to get them a, a plug.
1: I'll try. I might have to go to their neighbors because like the booking service and the, uh, the hotel we use, I'm afraid if I came back up and approached them again or anyone on that trip for that matter, they'd be like, you guys again. Hell no. Well,
2: you know, I can send some steaks and some sausages from LB's Meat Market and Oxford and they'll be like, hey, you know, these guys aren't that bad.
1: That would be great. You send me a gift basket, and I just open up with, "I'm sorry about last time, but hey, let's uh, let's let's strike a deal here." But uh, <laughs> anyway, speaking of gift baskets, before we roll into the slate this week, we just updated last week. We're profitable in our locks. That's solid. Um, what else is solid? What's going on at the store right now?
2: Well, I mean, you know, we got South Carolina coming in this weekend, so we'll be uh, stocked up, ready to go. <clears throat> I got a bunch of fresh fish. I got some fresh alaskan halibut which is a really really nice uh kind of fish if you never had that i'd recommend it uh got some uh snapper got some uh whole pieces of redfish some salmon so always take advantage of uh that fresh fish that comes in on thursdays absolutely i know the sec doesn't do you any favors
1: because some of the mascots are problematic other than others are animals that are ripped your face off but you got to start taking advantage of the ones that you can kind of put a theme with like this should have been like bird week
2: at lb's
1: thoughts south carolina just all kinds of wild game rolling around the store yeah, I, alive.
2: I, I should i should I, I should have taken advantage of that i should have got some uh cornish game hens. we did get some whole chickens we have got half chickens but yeah we've uh we've got some wings but we should have literally made it uh you know, smoke a bird week uh, up there at LB's. Uh, I need you to text me on that, man. Remind me about that. That's, that's some good PR right there. Yeah,
1: when I start getting these great ideas, instead of writing them down in a notepad, I'm just going to text them to you now.
2: Yeah, that sounds good, man. I'm full of, I'll take them. You know, I love good, uh, <laughs> good information.
1: I don't think I've ever had a bad idea. People around me may beg to differ, but in my mind, I'm undefeated on that front. But uh, go check him out, LB's, University Avenue, Cross from Kroger. You know the drill at this point. Go check him out. I don't know. What's the weather like in Oxford this weekend? What are we
2: feeling? Well, I mean, you know, we had a little cold spell right there. But, you know, uh, it was 70 today. And uh, so I think it's going to be a good weekend. It's the 630 kickoff right now. but So you can probably come in around 1, 2, or 3 o'clock and uh, after those 11 o'clock games and then turn around and – smoke some stuff, meats on the grill and uh watch the revs about six thirty. I was about
1: to say that's probably like the golden hour of grilling in terms of a six thirty kick. Cause if you probably want to throw it on the grill right before the game you can eat at halftime. Or if you want to throw it on the grill mid afternoon, enjoy the sun, it's coming off the grill by the time the game starts. Like that seems like the perfect window. So you have no excuse not to grill is what I'm saying.
2: Yeah, I have to totally agree. You can smoke a bud at about six AM or seven AM or eight AM or whatever, and you'll still be able to pull it off perfect time around 6.30 um, to have some pulled pork sandwiches for the, uh, for the game. So uh, that's a good recommendation. We might have to make a slight
1: amendment to this week because before we get into the LB's board is because the SEC has been ravaged by COVID, unfortunately. And you kind of saw the, the inklings of this coming last week. You saw some teams It really hit the NFL hard last week, but that's a whole different animal in terms of the games going on. Um, but we've had four cancellations. We're only down to three SEC games. You've got Arkansas, Florida, Vandy, Kentucky, and Ole Miss, South Carolina. And you know, I, you, I'm sure by the, not, the time you listen to this podcast, by the end of the week, you've heard every sports reporter, sportscaster, sports broadcast guy's lukewarm take on COVID at this point, And you're probably looking for an escape. I'm just saying they seem to be a little handcuffed. The only thing I'll offer is they seem to be a little handcuffed with their contact tracing protocols, and I get why they have to have them in place, but you had the Missouri didn't have enough guys to play because of one positive case in contract chasing with a position group that put them under the position group threshold. Texas A&M was two positive cases. It's just unfortunate. Now, the others were a couple, seems seemed a little more widespread. State Auburn had all kinds of problems. LSU had an outbreak. It's just unfortunate, but I tend to look at it the bright side of hopefully things... Improve. You're getting an extra week in football that December 12th weekend. You're pretty much having a full slate.
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, they kind of set it up to where they put that SEC championship game at that particular time. But they can push it back, uh, put some games that week and just uh, push it forward, whatever. I mean, you know, it is what it is. I mean, we're, we're uh, trying to abide by whoever's rules uh, are, are being partaked right now. is just kind of a weird situation to be in.
1: Yeah. So I think they should push it back because what's interesting is, and the Ole Miss spirit reported earlier today, that the Texas A&M Ole Miss game is likely going to get postponed. Um, Whether it gets made up, who knows, but I think that's a good example to use because that was our David Johnson reporting that that game is likely getting postponed. And so where the way they're doing it is you have this weekend between the end of the regular season and the SEC title game. And that's ideally where they were going to fill in all of these games that, that, um That got postponed. Well, the problem you're running into now is Texas A&M. If this happens, that they've already got a game to make up with Florida, I believe. Maybe Florida? No, somewhere. So I thought I think somewhere. Maybe I have that wrong, but Florida definitely does. So they've got LSU to make up. Yeah, and Florida then- is, is, is LSU. Yeah. So and maybe LSU is the the example I should be using. LSU now has two games to make up, and the SEC said that they are going. To make those, like if the team has a second game to make up, they'll play the same weekend at the SEC championship as long as both teams are not involved with the championship. Problem with that is, one of LSU's makeups is Alabama. And so I say all that to say, instead of just going through all these hoop, hoops to hoops, why not just push the SEC title game back a week? You want it to be a standalone event anyway. It's the pinnacle of your conference. It's really the pinnacle of your, your entire conference as a whole, no matter the sport. Why not just shove it back a week and give two weeks to kind of let us make up these games and get it in? You get all the games in, and you have a standalone event a week later. I'm sure there's a logistical issue that's roadblocking that because, you know, the people in charge, I hope, are smarter than me, but that seems the way to go.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, that was the whole goal with the whole season was just, you know, try to get the whole season completed and taken care of, you know. Um, Man, I don't know. I've seen so many Greg Sansky, you know – what is it the clown nose with uh what uh <laughs> the old roger goodell on of... <laughs> greg sankey the,
1: the clown nose
2: yeah man i mean i just uh man it is what it is you got to go through this whole situation and it's going to get better eventually
1: yeah, so things kind of up in the air. Ole Miss might have a second bye week next week. A lot of postponements and cancellations across the board. But, hey, we're not going to let that deter us. We'll pick the three SEC games, and I'll throw in a couple wild cards just for uh, just for fun and some other conferences for the first time this year. So let's get to it. You ready? Let's, let's go. Let's bang it. Quick SEC slate, but you've got Florida minus 17 and a half at – or excuse me, hosting Arkansas, Arkansas coach, Sam Pittman tested positive for COVID-19 and will not be on the sidelines. Barry Odom, former Missouri coach will be taking his place. Um, I feel weirdly confident about this. I think Florida is really good. I think their offense is really good. I think South Carolina plays at a pace that they can stay in the game. I'll take the points here. I'll go Arkansas.
2: Yeah. I mean, you know, that's a, uh, you know, uh, Florida coming off the emotional win against Georgia, you know, they've uh, kind of been uh, coming up sh- on the short end of the sick on, against Georgia the last couple of years and finally breaking through. And they destroyed Georgia. I mean, it was damn good. We
1: both saw that coming from a while away. I, I yeah. was just feeling that for whatever yeah. reason then.
2: And uh, I mean, you know, you, uh, the first thing, I mean, if you're a better and you're a gambler and you like to bet your money, uh, the first thing you think of is a good solid letdown from a good Florida team against, a, a, you know, of a, a decent Arkansas team. You know, they've showed some grit and some determination. So, you know, I have to agree with you. I like Arkansas here. Let's roll with the Arkansas.
1: Yeah, I just think Florida might have a little bit of a come down. That was a huge win for Mullen. You know, barring something absurd upset-wise, they're going to win the SEC East. They have one loss, Georgia has two, and they have the tiebreaker barring a collapse. They're winning the East, and they got a puncher's chance at the college football playoff. And their offense is elite, man. I mean, it's not as good as LSU's in 19 because we haven't seen one like that since maybe Cam Newton. But when they click on all cylinders and they don't do it as consistently as LSU did it, but when they're really rolling with Tony and Pitts, like, they're almost impossible to stop. And you saw that week one, and you thought the Ole Miss defense was just atrocious. I think two things can be true at once. So they're they're
2: unbelievable. Yeah, and they're good. You know, like I said, uh, a lot of talent on both sides of the ball. So uh, you can't not, uh, you know, realize that Florida's a good club. You know, I know that everybody in Mississippi hates Dan Mullen, which I'm one of those people, which it's all good. But – Yeah, I mean, Dan Mullen's a good coach, I'll have to give him some kudos. Yeah, that's going to
1: be an interesting dynamic for the next half decade, just kind of how he and Kirby share the East, I guess I should say. And then I'm just praying Hugh Freeze takes the South Carolina job, so Freeze and Mullen are in the same division again. That would just be too too good to be true. But with that said, Felipe Frank's going to be an emotional return back to Florida. I wouldn't call that a revenge game. He didn't really get run out. It just didn't work out. Uh, but I'll go Arkansas here. I-, I like the scrap of Arkansas, and they've yet to let us down. They've been uh, cover machines.
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, like I said, Sam Pittman's done a good job with the, with the club. And, uh, you know, it's a, it's a bummer that he can't – I mean, he's going to be locked in a uh, dark hole and he can't watch his uh, football team play this weekend but uh, <laughs> due to COVID issues. But uh, I-, I like Arkansas this weekend.
1: Next one, we got Kentucky, same line, minus 17 and a half at home against Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt almost pulled off the upset against Mississippi State last week. State got really that in the second half, but quarterback made a couple mistakes. They had a fumble there. I mean, they turned the ball over four times and lost by a touchdown. Like they, they had a chance after a terrible start stay in the game. That being said, I don't see Vanderbilt putting this together two weeks in a row because if they turn it over. Four times, Kentucky's just going to methodically run over them. I actually like the Wildcats here because I feel like Vandy's a little bit of a sucker play. In my yeah,
2: I mean, you know, we kind of uh, you 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 did hit on the, uh, the nail on the coffin right there. Uh, we got lucky with the Vanderbilt. I mean, State was up two touchdowns early and looking like they that, were going to be up 35 nothing. It just didn't yeah. happen. <laughs> yeah, we were like, uh oh, here, uh, all it took was Vanderbilt to uh, wake up State, but. Uh, I mean, man, that's a tough. I mean, that's a lot of points, and I know Vanderbilt's really bad, but you know, just Kentucky just seems like uh, their defense is pretty good. I mean, you know, they held Georgia in check to 17, which um, you know, how good is Georgia? So uh, I don't know. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Vanderbilt. I like you know, put uh, betting on terrible teams. So this is right up my alley. So I'm gonna take Vanderbilt th- uh, this week around. I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take Vanderbilt.
1: I can see how this is playing out because this game either plays out like twenty-four to nine and you cover or it's like twenty-seven three. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, think Kentucky there's just... a
2: Marty Moose. I mean, I think this is a Marty the Moose game for sure. Yeah, I
1: think it's just how many I honestly I think this game comes down to how many short fields uh Vanderbilt gives Kentucky with their turnovers because I do think Vanderbilt can stop Kentucky defensively. But Vanderbilt, I don't think can score on that Kentucky defense. So that can they hang around and make it like twenty to six or something like that? Or are they going to give them a couple of short fields and it ends up like thirty to three? But the scoreboard is probably not indicative of how close maybe it was. If that makes
2: sense or competitive. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. It's just it's going to be a Marty the Moose way. I mean, it just depends on if Marty's going to be on your side. That's uh, that's how this game's going to uh, break down. Last SEC game, of course, is Ole Miss, South Carolina.
1: This line, I think, has moved all over the place. It is now Ole Miss, a minus 11 and a half at home. And I kinda, we, kinda, we both gave South Carolina the benefit of the doubt last week, saying it was a kitchen sink game for Will Muschamp, and he needed to get a big win against a good team. Well, if that performance against Texas A&M was their kitchen sink game, uh, I'm done with them. So I can't believe I'm doing this with this Ole Miss defense, but I'll go with the Rebels.
2: Yeah, I would think the safe bet is going to be the over, um, uh, regardless of how many weeks uh, that Ole Miss defense had the time to look at the uh, film. and. Uh, it's a cool
1: 70 and a half,
2: just for context. Wow. That's, yeah, that's, that's good a Lord. lot That's a lot of points. That's, that's so many points. So, yeah, yeah I don't know I what mean, you that's do about tough, this. I tough, man. Now that you dropped the 70, I was hoping that it was going to be like Fifty
1: nine or maybe sixty, but golly, that's a lot. Man. Yeah, that. So, that's that's a ton. I'm a, I'm cautiously optimistic going. old Miss would not advise going on this game. I don't have a yeah. feel for it at least.
2: Well, I mean, you know, if they're uh, considering putting um, Vanderbilt and uh, and who's Vanderbilt playing against? Kentucky. Yeah, if they're considering putting Vanderbilt, Kentucky as the CBS 230 game, then then uh, it's just a really, really weird world we're living in right now. Yeah, I, I, can I, you, can you mean, imagine so Vandy, Rebs,
1: Kentucky with 10,000 people there? That would be the weirdest CBS game of
2: all time. Oh, man. I mean, you know, the Rebs—they uh, needed some, you know, a week to rest. Uh, they played some good competition. You know, South Carolina really laid a big fat egg last week, and that was uh, kind of disappointing. I mean, maybe Texas A&M is actually that good. I don't know. Uh, I'm going to take the Rebs. I, I think that, you know, the offense that clicks really good at home, uh, the defense might get a stop here and there. Um, the the uh, South Carolina offense isn't uh, fl- like Florida. Is it like Alabama, you know, some of the uh, teams that Ole Miss defense has uh, faced this year? So, uh, I mean, I'll drink the Kool-Aid. Give me some Ole Miss. I'll take it.
1: Yeah, so if you want a, uh, a preview of this game, I had Ben Briner of the State Newspaper in Columbia on the podcast earlier this week. It's the one right above this one in this feed. And he kind of shed a lot of light on the mus-champ situation, whether he's safe, whether he's canned. It's a complex situation. It's even more complex when your neighbor down the road to winning national titles. Just never really found much consistency. But, man, they were non-competitive last week, and it doesn't get much better for them going forward. So I just don't have a lot of faith in them. So maybe the Ole Miss defense can kind of string some stuff together down the stretch. They play a terrible offense in state. You don't really know who's going to be playing quarterback for LSU by the time Ole Miss gets there. And then whenever Ole Miss plays Texas A&M, it's going to be a tough one. But three out of the four, you got a chance to put together some respectable performances and kind of, you know, I guess, heal the wounds in terms of your just awful yardage numbers and points numbers. So maybe they find something. Who knows? But I do like the Rebels here. Let's, let's look around. Let's do a couple of Big Ten games. I'm just going to do two randos. Let's see. Michigan, Jim Harbaugh, talk about the hottest seat in America. They're four-and-a-half-point underdogs to Wisconsin who has not played since their opener because of COVID. Good luck with this
2: one. I have no idea what to do. He's done. He's done. Uh, he, he is done. I mean, you know, uh, I know uh, as Michigan, I mean, I'm not saying I'm a Michigan fan, but as a Michigan fan, who can you replace Jim Harbaugh with? You know, um, didn't win any big games whatsoever. Um uh, Indiana is probably the little surprise team of the Big Ten this year. Uh, is it Tom Allen?
1: Yeah, the former Ole Miss assistant Tom Allen, and then the son of former Ole Miss defensive coordinator Dave Womack, Kane Womack, as the defensive coordinator. Great coaching staff, dude, for Indiana. Oh, well, that's Indiana. We're, we're yeah. jumping the gun. I had them next. Well, yeah,
2: no, I'm just saying, like that was. Oh, the, they, that's, they, that's right. Last that week. Program against Michigan last week. Huge. And, uh, uh, you know, I'm actually pulling for Indiana. I really, I really like them. really like the, where the program's going, and uh, I'll, I'll bet on Indiana this week because I think they're playing uh, Michigan State, and Michigan State looked terrible against uh, against Iowa last week, and you know, and Michigan State beat Michigan. I think the Harbaugh era is is coming to end, but I just. Good luck to Michigan on spending whoever, however much money they need to spend to replace Jim Harbaugh. But uh, I think it's uh, the writings on the wall. Uh, I think Michigan's a, a sealed deal. So um, I'm going to bet against Michigan all day long.
1: I agree. Because it's, it's gotten to the point where Harbaugh's – like, it's now like, the, the, I get it. You don't have a quarterback in your offense stinks, but their defense, who they claim to have all this speed. It's just getting absolutely gashed. I agree. Even if COVID saves him this year, and I think it probably will, he will be the lamest duck of all lame ducks in 2021, assuming we have a normal season. And unless he starts like five or six and zero, he's toast. But you know, I don't think hardball for one everywhere he's been. I think that maybe you know, okay, maybe he hasn't won in some of the games that he should have at Michigan. But I think this is more an indictment on what Michigan is. I think they fall into a little bit of the Nebraska basket of. It's just never happening again. You don't have the national brand anymore. You don't have the recruiting advantages. You don't really have that many advantages other than your athletic department budget is huge. I think they're in the Nebraska camp, too. It's probably never happening again on a consistent basis in terms of being a national power.
2: Yeah, I mean, you've had Braylon Edwards come out and say that, you know, he just doesn't like how Jim Harbaugh works. I mean, you the- there's, there's a certain, you know, time where the athletic department, you know, says this is where we need to be and we're not there. Uh, <laughs> you know, man, if Ohio State drops a hammer on them this year, I mean, you're not going to see Jim Harbaugh uh, fired quicker than, you know, at halftime of the game.
1: Yeah, and I think Ohio State, we'll get to them in a second. They're going to – well, they're, their game back postponed, but they they're going to hang – Half a hundred on him. I think that that may be the game that even through COVID and schools being strapped for cash gets him gone. You lose that thing like forty five to seven. People are just going to fire you off of emotion. Let's go one more
2: game. Here, I'll hmm. give you. A, I'll give you a random. Since uh, the only reason why I know is because I we uh, did uh, the butcher versus the spin doctor, which if you haven't listened to, uh, we do that with uh, Neil McCready and his daughter and his daughter who has no clue about sports whatsoever, is 30 and 21 on the year.
1: Which Pretty is, impressive <laughs> and demoralizing <laughs> at the same time.
2: Yeah, yeah, I've lost my man card. It's okay. I mean, you know, I've accepted the defeat. It's not a problem. But uh, Tulsa at home against SMU, Tulsa is plus one and a half. Who you like on that one?
1: Oh, I'm seeing Tulsa minus three now. Oh,
2: wow. Wow. Okay, man. She's on Tulsa, and, of course, she had no clue about this game, and she's like, oh, our, cu- our second cousin uh, works for a- – a- anyway, so I knew I was toast. So I took SMU, so, I mean, I think I need to take Tulsa on this one.
1: Yeah, you got to be riding one of them. I'll go Tulsa minus three. Why not? Those are our two randos.
2: Yeah, two randos. I like it.
1: Actually, we'll go one more. I'll give you a little Pac-12 after dark action for you degenerates trying to crawl out of a hole. This game's a 930 kick, so buckle up. Utah and UCLA. Utah's having had some COVID issues last week. All shored up. UCLA lost to Colorado. Chip Kelly better win this thing or people are going to be pissed. And he can't get fired which because uh, UCLA's broke. I'll go the Bruins here plus three. They need this one.
2: Yeah, uh, I feel really bad because on the podcast, uh, I literally said that Jim Moore Jr. is still coaching at UCLA, so shame on me for not keeping up on my UCLA Bruins, but um, I like uh, Utah Whittingham, man. He's a good coach. Uh, I mean, I'm surprised they've held on to him for as long as they've held on to him, but uh, you know, UCLA was a touchdown favorite last week against Colorado, and laid a big fat egg. I don't know how well that Colorado team is. I know they just went through a coaching change, but I'm going to go with uh, Utah here. Let's go with the Utah late-night Pac-12 care.
1: You're right about winning him. Quietly, one of the most consistent coaches in college football. Utah is a tough, consistent program that plays good defense every single year, and in a day and age where fans hate and love their coach overnight because of wins and losses, that's about as steady as you can ask for, and to your point, I'm surprised someone hadn't tried to pluck him. Maybe they have. Maybe it's going to take massive amounts of money. But if I'm a Texas or someone like that, and you know, you're know you not happy with Tom Herman, you weren't happy with Charlie Strong or Nebraska, and you just can't get it right, that guy, I mean, the answer's not always that hard. Look what he's done at Utah You know, since their transition to the Pac-12. Like, this is not hard. What do you have to lose by throwing money at him? It's a surer bet than going to make a splash hire that you know, whatever NFL retread that decided to come back to college, or whomever, or the hot guy at the Group of Five school, why not? Uh, why not go get the guy that just won a Pac-12 division the year before? It's really uh, not always that hard.
2: And I remember that Sugar Bowl. Uh, I'm, I'm that quarterback for uh, that Sugar Bowl. They played Alabama and absolutely just stomped them out. He's an offensive coordinator somewhere. Uh, I think it's Josh Jackson. No johnson maybe his last name johnson but he was the quarterback whenever they played alabama and i know alabama didn't play hard because they lost i think that was the year the alabama auburn the alabama tried to kick the field goal and they ran it back and you know they just quit and they had to play uh utah in the sugar bowl and utah absolutely stomped them but I think that quarterback is an offensive coordinator somewhere. I'll have to get on my Google, but, um, you know, I agree. I think Utah is a, is a good um, is a good club, and I'm surprised that he hasn't been snatched up.
1: Now let's roll to the – we gave you some Pac-12 action, right? Uh, You'll know, Pac-12 after dark for you to cap off the college slate. You make the best of it. There's still games. Enjoy them while you can. We, uh, but now we'll head to quote Mike Francesa to the league where they uh pay for play or play for pay. I even screwed that up. So here we go. Let's keep rolling into the early slate. First one, we've got a gross matchup for you. Cleveland coming off a of bye week. Minus three and a half against the Houston Texans. Houston killed us with the cover last week. They were up eight and allowed a late touchdown to Jake Luton for the Jacksonville Jaguars, who we made fun of last week. He actually looked pretty good. We got kind of crushed on that cover. Our, our record would have been a little more polished. No one locked that game for obvious reasons, but uh what are you going here? I don't really have any feel for this. I feel like every time the Texans play a good team and I'm like, all right, they're, they're turning around their back. Uh They disappoint me. But at the same time, I don't trust Baker Mayfield further than I could throw him against a team with a pulse. And you have a pulse. If you have Deshaun Watson, despite the record.
2: <laughs> I mean, like I said, let's start out with the worst game of all time. Um, You know, you don't know what the Houston franchise is going to do. I mean, you know, they got Deshaun Watson, who's a winner. He's a good quarterback, but I mean, you know, you don't have any draft picks because you literally gave them all to uh, Miami, which, you know, still a head scratcher for me, but whatever. Uh, I like Cleveland here. I'll go with Cleveland here. I I mean, Baker Mayfield – is uh, coming off a of bye week, you know, maybe he did a commercial and got some confidence about himself. So let's, uh, let's go with Cleveland. I'll go the same
1: way because I think they're going to get Nick Chubb back Sunday. I read that today. And even, you know, they can when they have Chubb back in particular, Kareem Hunt has been awesome. But getting Chubb back, that, that, that stretch where they went and kicked the hell out of the Cowboys just up the street from my house up here um, before the game Chubb got hurt in, They really were a huge, hugely efficient power-running team, and I think they kind of have an identity with Chubb back there. So I'll go with the Browns, too, because that Texans defense is just atrocious. So this feels like a game where Cleveland rushes for, like, 250 and wins, like, 28-10. So I will, uh, even despite not trusting Baker Mayfield, I will go with the Browns as well. Don't necessarily feel great about it. The the next early game we have, Packers minus 13 versus the Jags, good luck. Lord, what a snoozer. I think they did this on purpose. They put four, they put five early games. All of them, except for one, are just completely, completely shitty. But I think that's because the Masters is finishing up and the late slate is awesome. So I think there's a method to the madness behind this. But uh, Green Bay minus 13 versus Jacksonville. Uh, Gross.
2: Yeah. Uh, Obviously, uh, this needs to be slid into the 12 o'clock hour for sure. Man. I mean, uh, who was that quarterback again?
1: I don't know if he or Minshew's playing, but his name is Jake Luton or Luton, and he actually throws a pretty good football. And I know I sound like the most meathead football announcer of all time, but he was fine last week. Their offensive line stinks. Their defense stinks. He was okay. So maybe there's a little something-something there, but are you really well, taking mean, him in Lambeau? this is Lambe? just like
2: the most sucker bet of all time. He looks good and let's bet on him, and then they get blown out. Uh, I, man, I'll take, I mean, I'll take the Luton. Uh, it might sound like a futon, but we'll we'll take the lose
1: on. I'll go with you, man. I I I, I hate that we keep agreeing, even though it worked out for us last week. But just thirteen. Well,
2: no, I, last week I agreed with you, and so this week you're agreeing with me. So it's kind of working out. We're,
1: we're, uh, we're good. I just I'm am trained to to take the points in huge numbers because it is professional football. Packers coming off a huge win against uh, San Francisco last week. Play, looked really good. Rodgers looked amazing it will be kind of known to throw a stinker or two in there. So whatever, Jacksonville, I'm going to look like an idiot when we record again. But, hey, whatever. Let's do yeah, it. Yeah, I
2: mean, I'm a big fan of Aaron Rodgers' stinky face, you know, where he, like, <laughs> looks around where he's clueless and he doesn't know. Why, why, why are they catching the ball? You know, I, I'm a big fan of that. If
1: this game was not gross enough for you or each of the two we've already discussed, Eagles-Giants, Giants plus three and a half at home against the Eagles. I can't believe I'm doing this, but we already abolished this rule because of how the Giants have looked. Giants plus three and a half, locked. Yeah,
2: I agree. I mean, I I'm, I'm I mean, I think the Eagles are terrible. I mean, for them to lead this division, they're the worst team of all of them. You know, they uh, – I, I agree with you.
1: It's the worst division. I can't remember. I know you had the Seahawks team win the division and beat the Saints at seven and nine in that fluky playoff game. But this division is maybe the worst division in history. Washington is horrible. The Giants, not good, although things seem to be coming together. If you actually told me the team that's playing the best football in this division right now, it's actually the Giants. Carson Wentz looks like he's forgotten how to play football. The Giants should have already beat them in Philadelphia three weeks ago. And the Cowboys, I mean, they're pulling dudes off the street to play quarterback. Maybe the Cowboys, after their near win against the Steelers last week, look the best, but that's just indicative of this division. I say all of that to say the Giants, things are coming together for them. If Danny Dimes can stop turning it over, they like Joe Judge. He's doing a good job. They've actually played pretty good football. They should have beaten the Tampa Bay Bucks. They gave that game away. Should have beaten the Eagles earlier this year. Things are coming around for them. I really like the Giants in this spot.
2: I like it. I mean, I actually, I want to put this as my first lock. I'm going to do the New York—can I say the New York football giants and still be in terms of, like, politically correct?
1: I think you're allowed to say that. I I haven't checked lately, but I think you're good.
2: Yeah, you know, because the Washington football team is the Washington football Uh, team. Ah, Stolen Valor. So yeah, uh, I like the Giants a lot. I think they're, I think they're in the right track. You know, I know Mississippi State's uh, butt hurt that they didn't get uh, to hire Joe Judge. So uh, let's uh, put some salt in the wound. Let's uh, do our first lock with the uh, the Giants here.
1: So we're both locking that this week. I, uh, I actually like this spot a ton. I think this is a good, a good pick. So hear me out here. The Eagles are three, four, and one. If the Giants win this game, I think they might win this game outright. They're three and seven and the Eagles are three, five, and one. Is it completely I mean if man, if the Giants had just won one more game, they'd actually have a shot at this thing. If well, they were I mean, like four said, and they six gave it instead away of three and seven.
2: They gave it away against Tampa. I mean, I, I mean you, you can't fault it. I mean, it's it's, it's a tough situation.
1: It is. They gave a game late against the Cowboys earlier this year where they should have won. I mean, you could make the argument the Giants could be 500 and they probably might be end up being the most consistent team in this division, uh, which is just kind of asinine to even think about or say. But that's where we are. So we both like them there. We are both locking that in the last 12 o'clock game you're going to have to help me out with because it has taken them offline. I'm assuming that's a COVID or injury thing. Detroit and the Washington almost professional football team, do you have a line for this? Uh, I'm see. trying to find it myself, but I'm
2: having a little bit yeah, of Yeah, I've got uh, Washington plus four
1: and a half. Oh. Talk yeah, about right. poop facta in this early slate. Jeez. Um, I told you last week, though, I'm done with Detroit. And Atlanta is the new Detroit. Atlanta's playing some ball, and I think we need to ride them. We've ridden the last two weeks, they've been really good. We jumped on the train last week, nailed that Denver game. That game is never really that much in question. I'm they done with
2: it, They tried to give it away a little bit at the end.
1: They did, but that's kind of when Drew Locke balls. He's like, I, I suck for three quarters, but son, I'm about to pad these stats in this fourth quarter. Um, I'm I done mean- with Detroit. I'll stick to my guns. Washington, I don't even yeah. really feel great about that.
2: Yeah, I mean, I have to. I mean, uh, I, I have to agree with you on it. I mean, Washington. You know, I, I'm a, I'm a big. Uh, what's that kid's name? McLean. Uh,
1: Terry McLaurin. Yeah, Terry McLaurin,
2: Yes, I, I, I really I almost consider getting that guy's jersey. Uh, he, uh, they shared a tweet, and uh, he had like a little. You know, kind of like after uh, post game, you know, little speech thing, and I was like, man, I really like that guy because I'd want to, you know, play with a guy that you know says that, you know, after a big game and a big victory. So I'm a big Terry McLaurin fan, and, and you know, I, I, Matt Patricia does not look like Greg Jones, you know, and Greg Jones doesn't look like Matt Patricia, and Matt Patricia's his own.
1: Speak it into player. existence, friend.
2: Yeah. No, Matt Patricia is a hot can of garbage, you know. Um, so, I'm on the Washington Redskins. Um, no, I'll take that back. <clears throat> whoa, whoa, Sorry. whoa. whoa. S- See, Sorry, now you're I
1: canceled. To I'm have to make the picks for you.
2: Sorry, I, I didn't mean to trigger uh, any, in, any of the one or two listeners to us. Uh, the Washington football team, I actually like the money line here on this one. And I'm going to okay. take this as my lock.
1: This is the back break. I actually like that because this is the game that would break the cameras back. They're already itching to fire Patricia. They're still kind of in it with the extra playoff spot, but you lose it home to the Washington football team as currently constructed to get go to three and six. You're not making the playoffs. You're not beating enough teams on your schedule no matter who it is. I actually like that. This could. This feels like a game where the wheel comes off for uh, your buddy Matt and the Detroit Lions. So I uh, I won't lock it, but I, uh, I, I like that spot that you're in. So the last time. Uh, so we have do we do have one more early game and you I guess you could call this the marquee matchup of the early game. Um it is Carolina plus six at home against Tampa Bay. And whoo man, did we absolutely get smoked. Uh not smoked. We both took New Orleans. Did they get smoked last week on Sunday night football? That's one of the most shocking results I've seen in the national in the National Football League and A couple years, you know how there's a couple games, particularly if you had action on it, you can kind of remember it standing out for just how absurdly wrong or right you were. Like, that's up there for me. The Saints going up 31 nothing before you could sit down and make a meal and watch the game was one of the crazier things I've seen in a while. I don't understand uh, Tampa Bay. They look awesome at times. They look horrible at times. Carolina's the perfect underdog team. You don't really ever want them as a favorite. You want them getting, like, five points in the scrappy underdog team to where Teddy Teddy Two Covers, um, kind of throws it in for a trash score late. You kind of picking up what I'm putting down. Like you want Carolina as a frisky underdog. You don't want Carolina minus two against Atlanta. We saw what happened there. You want them plus six. So I don't trust Tampa. So I am going with Carolina here. I I don't know. What did you think of that game last week? Well, I know what you thought. What did you actually think?
2: What was funny about the whole deal was, uh, Fox. Uh, CBS, everyone picked this, uh, Tampa Bay and, you know, Tem- uh, and the Saints Twitter literally dropped the, uh, Kirby uh, Enthusiasm or whatever, uh, theme song on top of it. You know, I-, I didn't expect that. I mean, I know New Orleans is, you know, Demario Davis is probably the best football player of all time. I mean, and he's from Brandon, this- Mississippi and Brandon, Mississippi. Uh, I don't know why Ole Miss or Miss State didn't look at that guy, but, I mean, that guy's an absolute uh, hero. And uh, just glad to have him on, a, on my team. And, uh, you know, it's a, it's, a, it's a big deal, but I, I wasn't expecting that. But, you know, at the time, at halftime, I was like, let's put a 100 on these guys, you know, and uh, seal the deal.
1: So and they're probably winning this division. Obviously it's not locked up. The Saints have already had a bye. The Bucks have not. But Tampa's six and three. New Orleans is six and two with two wins over Tampa. And if Tampa's a wild card team, they're not making it out. Well, maybe they'll win a game on the road, but they're not making it past the division around. They're just not. Tampa Tom yeah. and Tom and the Tom and the Bucks need to win the division way more than Breeze and the Saints do, which sounds crazy to say because in a normal year, Saints, the dome, Breeze getting old, all of that, but they're in a great spot. I, I I was not high on the Saints. I for whatever reason switched and liked them in this game. But they're they put themselves in a good spot with that win. So all that said, I'm
2: going Carolina here. Which way are you going? Yeah, uh, I, I I like Carolina too. I mean, I'm not uh, I'm not I'm, I'm not going to beat around the bush. I think it's I think the the deal is sealed.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. So now we're transitioning into the late slate post-Masters. And if you're sitting here at this podcast at this point thinking, man, what the hell am I going to watch this weekend other than golf? No SEC football Yeah, who is RV? your
2: Masters pick? Who is your Masters pick?
1: Oh, man, I, I'm so bad at giving picks. But I'll um I, the way Justin Thomas was hitting the golf ball, his round got delayed. Um, by darkness. He's only through 10 holes, but I think he's three or four under the way he's hitting it. I'll go JT. No, I think
2: he's five under through nine. No, five, he, five under through 11, I think.
1: Even better, dude. He had that look in his eye. He was striking the ball well. He was
2: making putts.
1: I like JT. I'll go with him.
2: Yeah, I have to agree with you. I like JT, too. You could have got some good money on Paul Casey, but I mean, he's a good player, but he's not really
1: good, good at Augusta, too. He's just really good at majors. He plays well in good ter- in big tournaments.
2: Yeah, I, I mean, you know, there's some good uh juicy line. I mean, Patrick Cantlay is is a good uh is a good pick. Uh I mean, that rob skip over the the pine hole of one that was just incredible, but uh yeah, it it should be some good golf and uh you know, they just uh it, it's probably going to get watched a lot just because uh there's not going to be any good stuff on, but that Masters is going to be really good this weekend, I think.
1: The ROM shot was hilarious because you can, like, I always love it in major championships. And I'm all for more people watching golf, but the people that don't keep up golf at all, you had like a split faction of people who really didn't keep up with golf, who thought he didn't do that on purpose and got lucky. And then you had the people that kind of keep up with it, calling it like the greatest shot of all time. I think it even made like first take, like one of those debate shows. And Vijay Singh did the exact same thing a decade earlier. But hey, neither here nor there. It was a sweet, sweet shot. Augusta looks incredible in the fall. Shout out to Mississippi native Andy Ogletree. He won the 2019 U.S. Amateur. Mississippi Golf, if you follow me on social media, I'm obnoxious about it, is absolutely unbelievable in the last decade or so. The talent they produce. Just graduated Georgia Tech, plays with Tiger Woods and Shane Lowry today, gets four over through four, walks off 13 after going double bogey, and plays the last 14, 15 holes three under par and turns into one over got a chance to stick around on the weekend. So shout out to him. That was a, that was nails because if I'm four over through four playing with tiger, that, that thing's going into the nineties quick. Oh yeah.
2: Uh, it's actually, uh, you're trying to get a beer from, uh, the guy that's one guy that's fallen in the group for you.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like, hey, I know it's COVID, but can I have a cold? When this is going south, but just absolute nails uh, in terms of turning that around. Got a shot at the weekend. The seventy-three on the scoreboard's not going to turn any heads, but the way he fought for that was was really rather remarkable because that that could have gotten squirrely in a hurry. But nice Masters sidebar there. We've got a uh, but. Uh, point was, if you're thinking golf only this weekend, the late games do get better, so you're going to get to see if it finishes on time. The Masters finish up and into a pretty, pretty salty late slate. First one we're going to give you is Arizona at home against Buffalo. Kyler Murray, Josh Allen, kind of two sneaky dark horse MVP candidates. Arizona's minus two and a half. I don't trust them as much as I trust Buffalo, even though Buffalo's defense is kind of let down. Buffalo stumped Seattle last week. Buffalo came in with a clear game plan of Seattle's secondary sucks. We're not even going to pretend to run the ball. They can't stop us passing. And guess what? They couldn't stop them passing. Destroyed Seattle last week. I think they're riding high, and I'll go Arizona here because they kind of had a weird loss to Tua and the Dolphins. I think they need this win to kind of stay pace in that that NFC West, the best division in football. I'm going to go Arizona here.
2: This is a typical travel rule game. This is why you don't have to worry about who's playing, who the quarterback is, who the running back is. This is a travel game. Just like last week with Buffalo and uh, with Seattle traveling to Buffalo, you take Buffalo, you don't have to worry about it. Look what happened. Buffalo rolls. Same thing's going to happen. You know, I know Buffalo looked really good last week. Don't get me wrong. You know, Seattle's a good club, but that's a travel rule game. This is a travel rule game also. You just bet Arizona. You don't even have to watch one play, and I promise you Arizona's going to cover this game. And I'm actually going to go with a lock here. I'm going to go Arizona
1: lock here. Hell yeah. You sounded super confident in that. That's a lock of a century. I'm putting two stars next to that lock. Here we go. Let's see. Where are we going next? Where are we going next? L.A. L.A. Rams minus one and a half coming off a bye week. Terrible loss to uh, the Dolphins the week before uh, against Seattle coming off a terrible loss. Talk about a game that both teams really need. This is going to be feisty. I am. I am. I'm liking this. I am actually going to go L.A. here. I, uh, I think Russell Wilson. There's always so much he can do with the defense he's been given, which is probably one of, if not the worst, in football. If it weren't for the Texans, um, golf is always good at home. Kind of coming off a bad game, I like the I, the Rams' defense is good. They just like the last game they played that wasn't anything on them. The offense turned the ball over, you know, three times, and it led to two touchdowns, and then they gave up a, a punt return. I uh, I like the Rams here. I think they really really need this game to stay in that division mix. Home minus one and a half. I'll go Rams in a lock.
2: Yeah, I mean you know I'm gonna have to agree with you. You know, uh, getting a whole week off and getting some rest and watching some film and uh, you know going over your uh, what well, your game plan that didn't go down. But uh, man, I, I I don't know. I mean I think Seattle bounced back here. You know. Uh, that's a, that's a tough travel to go across to Buffalo and lose like that. and, and uh, You know, I, I mean, I think Seattle's a good club. I promise you Russell Wilson's going to win the MVP this year. And uh, I know that uh, L.A. just came off of a bye week and rested up and they can get some extra film. But um, I, I think Seattle's going to bounce back here. I, I like Seattle. I'm going to go with Seattle here.
1: I like that. Pick as well. This is going to, I mean, that, that's why the line's one and I a half. Mean, it's it's a a going to it's it's be a game. great game, yeah. I think.
2: I mean, you know, you can't, it, it's you I mean, we literally just uh, explained uh, uh, both reasons, uh, perfectly good reasons on betting on both sides of the bet. So, I mean, you know, it's going to be a really good game. And, you know, uh, make sure you have some um, smoked ribs coming off the smoker or some uh, chicken or some. Whatnot, and then about three or four o'clock, you can be eating some good food and uh, watching the end of the Masters, and then watching the fourth quarter of this game. So I, I highly recommend it.
1: Next one, we got Miami at home. Miami's kind of becoming the story of the NFL Tua looked Kyler looked pretty good last week too, but Tua looked fantastic. Man, that arm talent is legit. Their defense is really good. Had a touchdown. I think each of the last three games, they're minus one. And a half at home against the LA Chargers, which feels like a trap because poor Chargers, man. They had the game, they even had the game one for an entire play last week. Did you see how that ended? They gave him the touchdown. He clearly dropped it. You could kind of tell in live action, he dropped it even though you weren't sure. And man, just brutal the way this organization loses games. People love to dunk on the Falcons. The Chargers are worse than the Falcons. I mean, the Chargers don't have the Super Bowl uh, cough up mixed in there, but the 39 one-score games in the last 5 years or whatever it is that they lost is just almost an impossible stat and what sucks is Herbert's awesome. Herbert's a ton of fun to watch. He's going to be good. If they can get a, you know, a little bit better coaching staff around him and get healthy defensively, they're going to be good. The problem is they don't have any fans. I'll take the bait here. I think the Dolphins roll them. I'll lock this one. I don't understand this line. It's in Miami.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean, you know, whenever we started this podcast out, we, you know, we did the picks on uh, who to win the division. And I think the Dolphins were, man, big. We
1: both kind of sniffed around that one. We both were kind of like, keep an eye on this.
2: Yeah. Because, I mean, you know, um, Fitzpatrick getting terrible. They've got two in the, in the, uh, the, with the ace up the sleeve. So, I mean, and they had a good coaching staff. So, they're actually prime and, you know, ready to pounce on this division and, you know, make some money on this deal. You know, do I think they'll win the division? No, because I think Buffalo is probably going to win the division. But, you know, you're, you've got a live bet here. And uh, I think it's a good opportunity to, you know, to really take advantage of that bet. And I like, I like the Dolphins here. Uh, I think the Dolphins should roll here. I really like the Dolphins.
1: This line doesn't make sense, and I just whatever. Someone knows something I don't, so take my money. I'm even, like I said, I'm even, uh, I'm even locked on this. So anyway, um, oh, one more or no, two more early games. It's speaking of, uh, speaking of the Vegas Raiders last week and pulling out that win, they're minus four at home against the Denver Broncos. Obviously, no fans of the stands. Not much of a home field advantage. I think Vegas is at least a field goal better. I think they're actually pretty good. I like Vegas here. I don't trust Denver at all.
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, we we took the Atlanta Falcons last week against Denver just because we believed that Denver wasn't a good club. And, uh, obviously, uh, we won money on that. And, uh, you know, this is a – I know it's a division rivalry and whatnot, but you just got to take the better team. And I think uh, Chuck Gruden's got the better team, and uh, he's actually the better coach in this situation. So, um, you know, I don't know how many locks I got left, but, yeah, I actually like uh, uh, the Las, Las Vegas Raiders uh, on a, uh, a lock this week. i
1: will go to use my fourth lock there, too. I like the Vegas Raiders there. I'll follow your lead on that one without a doubt. Here we go. The late slate, you've got the Steelers minus eight against the Bengals. <laughs> Love Joe Burrow. I'm praying for Joe Burrow's safety in this game. Uh, Steelers coming off really at just a slog of a game where they almost screwed around and lost to the Dallas Cowboys, who actually looked like they found something in Garrett Gilbert. He was an AAF guy, if you remember that. It was actually pretty good. Brought him in off the street. He performed pretty well. They actually almost won the football game. Um, but that being said, the Bengals have no offensive line, and the Steelers have the best pass rush in the NFL. Godspeed to Burrow. I think you're going to be a stud. You're going to be fun to watch. Please don't hurt him this week. Steelers minus eight.
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, just uh, last week, uh, the whole uh, um, never trust, never uh, bet against the professional athlete was a prime example uh, with the uh, Dallas and uh, Steelers last week. You know, these guys are professional athletes; they play, they're the best at what they do. So, you can pick up some random guy off the street, and he can, you know, be a good player. And uh, just goes to show with the. Garrett Gilbert situation and the uh, what's the guy in Jacksonville that he picked, they picked up off the L- street. Luton. Yeah. Luton. I mean, you know, so uh, I'm going to trust the process here. Um, I, I, I'm going to take the points, you know, uh, uh, I'm, I'm in the situation to where the, uh, you can pick up anybody off the street and uh, they can put, they can do a performance together. So, and if that's a random guy off the street is named Joe Burrow, I'm definitely going to take it. So, I actually like Joe Burrow to compete with this, uh, with this Pittsburgh Steelers uh, defense and uh, actually make them a little bit more nervous than Gilbert did last uh, – Gilbert, whatever, last week. So, I actually – I like the Bengals this week. I, I, I think Joe Burrow is going to compete with them. I don't mind that at all
1: because what Burrow has done, like to cover up how bad that offensive line is and the numbers he's put up, is really just remarkable. Like if they protect him at all, they should they should be required to spend their next three first round picks on tackles and guards. If they provide him some sort of protection, he is going to set the league on fire. I would wasn't necessarily huge on him as a prospect. I thought he may be caught lightning in a bottle at LSU to a degree. Thought he'd be good, but man, watching him in his rookie year, he's the most comfortable rookie I've seen in a long time, dude. He's. He's unbelievable, so I hope you're right for uh, for his sake because if they won, that that uh, that hope that hopefully means he did not get killed. So
2: Yeah, anyway. you, can't, you can't draft swag. I mean, you could draft swag. You can't pay for swag, but, like, you can see swag, and, you know, that Baker Mayfield kind of had that, and you took a chance on that, and it didn't work out. Joe Burrow is the real deal for sure. I'll
1: correct that for you. Baker fakes it. Joe doesn't even pretend like he has it because if you have it, you don't have to pretend. Yeah, you don't have to pretend for sure. Sunday and Monday night game to wrap this thing up. The Sunday night game is going to be kind of, a, I hope, a juicy one. New England is plus seven at home against the Baltimore Ravens. I think they're getting Stefan Gilmore back. The New England barely escaped uh, the Jets, given the Jets their first win and costing them a shot at Trevor Lawrence in the process. New England looked awful. They made enough plays at the end, and Cam made enough nice throws. I'm going to go with the Belichick kitchen sink game here against my better judgment because Baltimore beats up on bad teams. And if we're being honest with ourselves, that's what new England is. But in Foxborough, Sunday night football, you know, I'm going to go with the Belichick scheme limits Lamar Jackson. And I I don't have any confidence in this pick, but I'm doing it anyway. So new England plus seven, why not?
2: Yeah. um, I think I just watched on the sports center where, um, Baltimore's offense is being predictable and the defense is actually calling out the uh, play before it goes down. I mean, that's not good. I, I, I actually can see that easily being happened because uh, Lamar Jackson is such a one-dimensional quarterback. You know, he's either going to run that lead draw or whatever or a quick slant or something like that. So um, this is a Bill Belichick game right up thing. I'm going to go with New England for sure.
1: I like that. Don't mind it. Don't mind it one bit. So that's going to be a nice little juicy on game. And then for a total number of different reasons, this line is hilarious to me. The five and three Chicago bears are two and a half point underdogs at home to the three and five Minnesota Vikings. Now, without any context, you would think this is dumb. But obviously, Dalvin Cook making it a case for a non quarterback MVP for the first time in a long time. He's been fantastic. They're not letting Cousins throw the ball. They're basically just, it's feed booby and feed Dalvin, is basically what the, the strategy they're deploying. I'm done with the Bears. Vikings roll. I think this is going to be embarrassing for the Bears. They're going to lose to a three and five team they were underdogs against on Monday Night Football at home. And I think I'll go, I'll even go a step further. I'll lock this for my fifth and final lock,
2: and Vikings win by 10. Yeah, I'm going to have to agree with you on it. You know, Vikings actually, uh, you know, the last two weeks, they've actually looked good. Uh, They've uh, done the basic stuff and run with uh, Delvin Cook. So can't complain about that pick at all. So I'm going to roll with you on that.
1: That wraps it up, dude. Week 10, it's absolutely flown by, but this is uh, coming off some good vibes last week. We agreed with each other for the most part this week. I don't know if that's a good or a horrible thing, but uh, week 10, about to be in the books. Enjoy it while we have it, huh?
2: Yeah, I mean, shoot them while you got them. That's all I have to recommend.
1: Exactly, dude. Well, one more time, go check him out. LB's University Avenue across from Kroger. Go check him out. Perfect grilling weather this weekend. Perfect grilling game time at 630 Go check him out. You won't regret it. LB's University Avenue across from Pruger. Same time, same place next week. Yeah, we'll be here, be square.